Hey, 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 everybody. It's Brian Buffington with another episode of Buff Nuggets. And this is a double mega episode. I wouldn't even call it a nugget, even though the show is called Buff Nuggets. This is like a 20-piece nugget straight from Mickey D's, all right? Just get your sauce and get dipping because you want to hear what my guests have to talk about today. This is all about Alaska. Yes, I have two teachers live. Really, I had them. I called them up. We use Anchor's app, some kind of fancy shenanigans, allow me all three of us to talk together. And they're just talking to us about teaching in very rural places. I've got Brittany Tarava, she's in Hooper Bay, Alaska, and I have Alana Greer, and she's in Kachamak, Silo. And they want to talk to us about their innovations, their struggles, and of course, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of buff magic here. So hey, I can't wait for you guys to listen and check it out. Let's do this. What's going on, Buff Nuggets listeners? This is Brian Buffington, and this is a special edition. This is the uh, Buff Nuggets Alaska edition. Not just Alaska. This is the rural Alaska edition. And uh, I guess there are some populated places in Alaska. And the two ladies I have on the show today are not in highly populated areas. Is that correct, Brittany and Elena? That is absolutely correct. All right. And we are using, you know, uh, Anchor's famous, not, I won't say famous, but fancy uh, podcasting technology. I'm using an app and I just thank my lucky stars that we're actually all able to talk uh, together using this app, uh, using technology. Um, but I want to get started talking about Brittany. Okay. So Brittany, is it Taraba? Yes. Bam. Just like that. Brittany Taraba, she is teaching third grade. She's in Hooper Bay, Alaska. She says she teaches it all. That's what she told me. All subjects. Um, yep. She also handles some leadership roles, uh, so she can she get engages with students K through twelve. Uh, she, lately, eighties music has been on her mind, so a little bit of Rick Springfield, maybe is that correct? What I mean? What's your eighties jam right now, Brittany? Um, I don't know that I have a specific jam. I tend to go for like the eighties pop rock. Mm -hmm. um, we built this city. That's you. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. And um, and then Brittany also has great taste in television. Uh, she's she just finished up Shit's Creek. Uh, so all I want to say is, ooh, David, David, ugh. <laughs> I've actually when I get uh when I get annoyed with I have a co-teacher here that we've our families have become really close, so we just refer to each other as brother and sister. Um, and when I get irritated with him, I use her voice for that. I mean that her her voice. I mean, when I first watched it, the show, I was like, this kind of, it's a little tough to kind of get used to. But once you get it, you're like, she's hilarious. Uh -huh. yeah. So, Br so Brittany, welcome to the show. Let's go to my next special guest. This is Elena Greer. Greer? Greer. 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 I got it. There's like three, oh, yeah. there's three vowels together, yes. uh, which is a rarity yes. in Georgia. I well, rarely see okay. three. Okay. So my husband's family's from West Virginia. And Grandpa Greer was very frustrated with the mail service in his holler because they would confuse the Greers with the Greens. So he decided the best way to solve this problem was just to add another vowel. Okay, so I like all, that. So just know that I'm related to every Greer you meet that has three vowels in their name. Okay, I'll be on the lookout. I'm about to do yep. a Facebook... Facebook search right now and find some people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right. So Elena, y'all know that she has a lot of vowels in her last name. Kind of vowel. She's Tons also teaching. <laughs> she's also teaching in Kachamak, uh, Silo. Kachamak Silo. Kachamak Silo. It's a remote school on the beach at the head of the bay, uh, which is, I guess, referenced in the Alaska Last Frontier show on Discovery. Mm -hmm. She enjoys watching Star Trek. So we, we have something in common there. I kind of, yeah. I'm a very Star Wars type person. Yeah. But I saw, I was on an airplane with my mask on. Let me, let me just say, I was had my mask on and I was watching the first episode of Star Trek Discovery. And I was like, this is really good. Mm -hmm. Really, I was hooked and I had, I had to come back and do a trial streaming CBS All Access, which they're giving me oh, no yeah. money to talk about this. Oh, yeah. Um, and Elena, she teaches the littles, K-5. She says tiny people. Um, but there she says the super littles are learning the basics in Russian. And then her older mm -hmm. students are learning in English. So welcome to the show, Elena. Well, thank you. Uh, a, a quick little tidbit about Elena. Um, Elena, you, you, you have attended some of my trainings there on the Kenai Peninsula. Is that correct? Yes, remotely. I have. Yes, I have. Super fun. Thank. Hey, thank you so much. Um, I saw, uh, and Elena, by the way, Elena's personality is very vibrant. Um, they may use different words in catch a map. <laughs> yeah, they might. They might use all the different words. Um, uh, but when she was part of my, and so if you're listening to this, you have like, because by the way, we have admins, teachers, all kind of people listen to this show. You've had people in your sessions like Elena. And you're like, you, they're just, you, you got to have more. Like, <laughs> no, that's me. I got to have more. Some people probably want to shut you out, but that's not me. Uh, right. No, uh, it's, um, you know, I think one of the things that is awesome about trainings like yours, especially now in these times, like if you have someone like me who's dying for other humans, I yep. love the other humans. Yep. And I get around them and it like sparks the fire back up in me. So, you know, I'm alone so much now with this mm. COVID business. Yep. It's like, oh my gosh, when can we have a training? I need <laughs> to restoke my fire. It's a serious problem. Come on, baby, light my fire. I mean, that's that's, right. that's your theme song. Um yes. and 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 by the way, the fire was lit. I, I loved her her charisma. In the training, I say, you know what? This woman needs a fancy karaoke mic. <laughs> and so, and, and so, and I, I need to mail one to Brittany as well. Brittany needs one. Yeah, yeah. But so I mailed her one, and she sends me this video <laughs> on Instagram. By the way, I'm gonna get the link in the show notes so the viewers can watch it, where she is pulling up to people's houses in this very remote place with this blinged out yeah. karaoke mic. It's like lights going everywhere. And she's like singing and telling people to get ready for school. Yeah. Get to school. Get the, get the school people. <laughs> um, my mother never came to my door with a karaoke mic uh, getting me out. It was all like, Brian, get out of bed. That's pretty much how that ended up. <laughs> it is exactly how it ended up. And all right. Think, yeah. So Brittany and, and Elena, good, good news. I'm almost done talking. Uh, it's almost your turn. Okay. So that was the intro. We're done with that. Now the listeners, they need to know some very important things about you. I like to call this, this or that. You all ready? Yeah. So you just, I'm going to give you two options. You choose the option that just comes to your mind first. 
Okay. All right, we'll start with Brittany on this. Brittany, we'll get this one. Okay, you ready? Ready. Chicken nuggets or moose nuggets? Uh, chicken nuggets. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I mean, is okay. Well, are moose nuggets even an option? Um, it's poo. Isn't it poo? Yeah. So when <laughs> when an Alaskan hears moose nuggets, it's um actually moose poop. I do yeah. eat moose meat, but when you like when you said that, my mind first went to moose poops. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a, a lower 48 mistake. I had no idea. That's my lame, lame attempt at humor, and we'll just cast that off. Next one, this is for Elena. Okay. All right. Oh, Elena, get ready. Starbucks or Alaskan Coffee Shack Coffee? Coffee Shack. Coffee Shack. Am, am I, come on. Am I right? You're so right. There's no uh, Coffee Shacks. Locally owned. Go for the Coffee Shack. Brittany, is there a coffee shack in Hooper Bay? Oh, I wish we had a coffee, anything, a coffee option. No, we don't have coffee options, so I have to get mine shipped in and make it myself. Yeah, we got to get, we got to talk about your shipping problem here in a second, too. Um, but yeah, for, for, for the listeners, Alaska, um, when you, I guess you got to have some people in town to actually have a, a coffee shack. Uh, pretty much, they're, they're just, especially, I mean, I was in Anchorage for a little bit, but even outside Anchorage. It's like they just they buy one of these little shacks. It's like the size of a storage shed from Lowe's or Home Depot. They put a couple windows in it, and they're just slinging coffee all day. Yeah, yeah. And Elena's all about it. It's delicious. It is delicious. I mean, I was chugging it, and um, there was some. There's a brewer, not a brewery. That's not what you call it, a roast. There was a coffee roastery. That's what I'm going to call it a roastery. Um, there in Anchorage, it was like some kind of brothers, Gaddafi or. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was really good. Kaladi, Kaladi. Right. You almost Kaladi, okay. I think Gaddafi may have been a uh some kind of political figure somewhere. Okay, uh, yeah, next. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Next. Uh this goes out to Brittany. And this this her her love of 80s music had me thinking about this. So Cold as Ice by Foreigner or Let It Go. From the Frozen soundtrack. Oh, cold as ice. Boom. Mm -mm. Love it. I that Frozen song. It's a good song. Don't get me wrong. But um, when I was little, my mom hated the theme song to Titanic, and like when she would hear it, like it did something to her, and it had to go away as fast as possible. Um, early on in my teaching days, Frozen came out, and every like six and seven year old girl would belt it out at recess. And it's just that song that when I hear it, it has to go. <laughs> you have to let it yeah. go. Mm. And you're not going to turn down foreigner, no, no. Uh, especially if you're singing at karaoke at the, at Hooper Bay, right? Oh, all the time. <laughs> all right. We're going to find out more about your, about your place of work here soon. Um, I got one more. This goes out to Elena. All right. So, I have to give a preface for this one. This has to do with dropping food on the ground. Okay. <laughs> okay. This, that's, so here it is. Elena, do you go with the five second rule or do you throw it away? Five second rule. Yeah. I got, that's I that's got me a, too. Like, I have a very low threshold and I mean like a high threshold. Like it takes a lot to really send me over the edge. 
and uh, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna have to have hair on it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you can't be an elementary school teacher and be grossed out easily. I don't mm -hmm. think. No. Yeah, y'all, y'all seen it all. Yeah. You've seen all the things. The tiny all people. Right. They're just they're just tiny people and a lot of germs. Yeah. All right, but now we're getting to the part that people actually want to hear. They want to hear from you. So I want to start with, and this is what makes this show or this episode so fascinating, is that most people in the lower 48, they have no idea what teaching in remote Alaska looks like. Um, and then teaching in during a pandemic has its own complications. Um, and so I wanted this to be like encouraging because you guys are going through a lot of things, just like other teachers across the world, um, but some very specific things that I think would be interesting and our listeners would like to hear about. Um, so the first one, let's let's let uh, Elena do this one. So, and then I'll have Brittany kind of touch on base as well. But uh, Elena, tell me during a normal teaching day, and you could go pandemic style or before pandemic. What is that like? Like, what does your day look like? Um. Okay. So. I can't drive to school, so I have to drive. I drive from my house. So unlike Brittany, like I, I live in, I don't live in town, but I can go to town pretty easily, but I commute to the village and my village is not accessible by legal road. So, um, I drive to the top of what we call the switchback and then I walk to school. Um, it's about a mile and a half. Um, wait, wait, wait. So that whole thing, you know, people in the, at least in Georgia, they're like, you know, they talk about the old days. Like I used to have to walk a mile and a half in the snow to get to school. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could be macho. I, I have a four wheeler that I macho myself down. Um, mm -hmm. But this year I decided because of the pandemic, I need to keep my my heart elevated and walking to school mm. helps a lot because Good. the small people, they don't, they can't come to school right now. Well, I mean, not mm -hmm. coming. So, um, so I've been walking to school this year and it's been this past week, there's been a moose living on the road and I usually make a little video for my best friend and I send it to him every day. If that moose hasn't been in that road every single day and I can't, I can't get past him to get to school because it's not safe. So every day I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, dude, find a new place to live. But today he really spooked me and I had to call my boss and have my boss drive his four wheeler up and pick me up because I, I couldn't find him in the woods to know if he was going to stop me or not. Ugh. Yeah. I've had words with that guy. So, um, anyway, uh, I get to okay, hold on, hold on. We got to stop. I mean, right. You, you got to talk more. But I mean, I'm visualizing all this. I'm a very visual person. Okay. So it's a very. And so you're walking. It's a very steep switchback. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's very icy. And so it's kind of dangerous to drive a car without chains right now. And I promised my husband I wouldn't drive it. So I'm walking down and there's this jerk standing in the road. So I'm like rocking out, singing songs out loud, and he doesn't like it. And so he chases me back to my car. That was last mm. week. Now this week I know he's there. So every day I'm like, hey, 
Are you out there, you jerk? And every day he's there. <laughs> so I walk back to my car, and luckily my coworkers have been riding their four-wheelers to work, so I hop on the back of theirs. But today, no one's here but me. And it's like, oh, man. And then I went yeah, to so, stuck. I don't know, jerk. So listeners, uh, before uh, Elena moves on, I want you to know that you know when you went to McDonald's, and they didn't give you a straw in your bag for your drink. And, and you like, you said a really bad word that there's a lady in Alaska who can't get to her office safely because of a yeah. moose. And it's not, and he's just like sitting there. I'm like, dude, really? You can't find another place in this whole forest to live. But like right here on the road, I have to walk. So, Elena, let's say you, you, you somehow get past the moose. You got yeah. friends in high places. Yeah, I get to work. They, they, My boss comes picks yeah. me up, drives me back to work. Um, we work in a little building that's falling apart that they need to rebuild, but they can't figure out how to pay for it yet. Mm-hmm. I have 17 small to medium-sized people who are all native Russian speakers. So mm. they speak... Um, their uh, great grandparents and grandparents left Russia in the communist from the communist revolution um, to maintain their way of life, their belief mm-hmm. systems. Um, so we really prioritize them re- knowing how to speak Russian and to hold on to their faith. And so, yeah. um, so the tiny people, so I have a team that I work with because they can't understand anything I say until they get to about second grade, then they can start understanding me a little bit. <laughs> so uh, I have uh, some gals that I work with, my teammates, who all grew up. Who speak Russian. Yeah, they all grew up in the culture. And mm-hmm. uh, so what we do is we're working towards a dual language. Uh, we have a dual language program. That we, it's mm-hmm. very hard to, for us to do because Russian is not as common as Spanish. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, we have the small people learning all of their things in Russian, and then once they get to me, they start cranking down on English. So it's pretty fun. We have a good time. You know, you got you got wonderful help. It sounds. Oh like. my you got gosh! People in there my who... team is brilliant, and they. Um, and, you know, I think that having a more vivacious personality really helps teaching ELL people because they can see through my body oh, and man. my everything what I'm trying to get across to them. And, um, hmm. you know, the data, all the data points to having that second language, solid second language, the brain development and just the windows in the brain that connect. It's so it's super fun. Like this situation is a really fun situation to be in because you can just see their brains are just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I didn't even think about that. So you're saying vibrant personalities for that language learner is, has a lot of value and it just makes sense to me. Yeah. Like you could look, you ever had a teacher that just like looked at you like, you were poisoned and you're like, I want to go learn from yeah. that person. You know? Yeah. No, it's but like, they, you know, you have to act out so many things that you are trying mm-hmm. to get them to understand. And 
so being um just being just having that like enthusiasm it just really helps it mm -hmm. really helps the the people to get what you're saying well well we i gotta hear from Brittany. and by the way we could do a whole day on elena for <laughs> oh, sure yeah that's uh, what I think she's got too. she's got many stories <laughs> she's got many stories about about her place where she lives um but you know the, the word enthusiasm, I heard that a couple times from her. Um, and I'm going to say this is this is like a, a new phrase I'm coining. Y'all know I like to have fun phrases, and I think it's important. Uh, it's fun um, for T-shirts and just for people to remember you. And one is work your quirk. And I think Elena does a good job of that in her situation. So, Elena, thanks uh, for making magic happen for your students um, in a very rural place. So, uh, Brittany, all the way from... Louisiana mm -hmm. somehow found herself in Hooper Bay, Alaska, where they can't get their mail. What's going on with the mail there? Um, so our, we only have one postal worker. Um, we don't have a backup or anyone. So like if she's sick or out of town, it's not open. Um, she was in an accident over Martin Luther King weekend. Um, and the post office has not been open since. So we like out here, there's no pharmacies or anything. So like some of it, it's just kind of annoying. Like, oh, I ordered something off of Amazon and I can't get to it yet. But some of it is like, oh, my medicine is in the mail and it's delivered, but I can't get to it right now. Um, so we actually, right now we have three people who, two of them, um, took a snow machine. It was about an hour, hour and a half snow machine ride. And they came in yesterday and then they flew a guy in from another village. And the three of them have been working basically nonstop for two days with little sleep. Um, and yesterday, the first time they had a meal was at about 8 PM. Um, but they're trying to empty out our post office because you can't move in it. And as we're picking up some mail to try and like give them room to work, um, they said, yeah, and as soon as we have some room, we have to give Bethel, which is our hubs village, um, we have to give them the okay because there's 60,000 pounds of mail that they can't send out because there's no room to put it. So we're excited. I got oh. my first mail for the first time in about, actually, I think I haven't had mail since like Christmas. So it was really exciting yesterday. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, Brittany, that, that's next level remoteness you know i don't know of anybody who who can get mail for you know that that length of time uh, and by the way for listeners i want you to know this the teachers were feeding the postal workers like that's Brittany told me before the show is that correct y'all yeah. helped them out gave yeah them a meal? we uh and we've kind of we're working on a schedule to keep them fed um because there's not like so there's no hotels or anything for them to stay in so one of the ladies is staying with um, one of our classroom aides. She has an extra room. One of them is staying in, it's kind of just this little like one room place across from the police station. Um, and there's a stove, but there's nothing to cook with in there. <laughs> so like he doesn't have anything to cook with. So we've just kind of decided that we're so excited to get mail that we're just going to feed them for as long as they're willing to stay. Teachers always above mm -hmm. and beyond. I mean, we got Moose, Moose Lady. Um, we've got Brittany cooking meals for postal workers. I mean, y'all ever sleep or get a break? Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> These COVID days are kind of. I'm weird. glad. I'm glad they let y'all sleep. No, I know y'all. Y'all doing a lot of hard work. Hey, so Brittany, tell me about your normal day. What's a normal day for you? Your your place looks different. Your place is. I'm looking at the map right here in front of me. I got a second screen because I'm geek like that, and I've got Hooper Bay pulled up. I've also uh, can see see where Elena's at as well. And it looks like yours is a lot more remote. So tell us, like, even though we think. Elena's remote. You're next level. So tell us about your normal day. Um, in terms of like work and school, it's, it's similar. Um, I come in at eight o'clock and the kids start school at nine and we go till three 30. Um, I don't have quite the commute Elena has. So because I'm in a mm -hmm. like super rural, um, we refer to it as an isolated village. Um, the district actually provides subsidized teacher housing. So I can see the school building from my house and it takes me on a good, like on a good day, I can get to school in under a minute walking. Um, we're having, so in Louisiana, we would have snow days, um, which never meant snow. It just meant that the temperatures were dropping and all of the liquid water was gonna freeze into ice. So they didn't want people on the roads. <laughs> So I came here yeah. right now, right, like right in front of my front door, there's a snow drift that is over 10 feet tall. So we don't have snow days here. Um, as a matter of fact, the only time that we have let kids out of school was because the sewer pipes froze and we couldn't use the toilets. So we had to send the kids home. We call that a, yeah. a <laughs> exactly. Or, uh... So, um, on one of those days where like there's a blizzard and visibility's low and the winds are high, it can take, you know, five minutes or so to kind of push your way through the snow drifts. But um, it's pretty, it's not a bad walk. Um, once all the snow gets packed down, okay. I like it a lot better. I, um, if there's, so there's this fun thing about snow and Elena m might know this because you're rural too. When it first falls, there's like air pockets in them until it gets packed down. Um, so I don't know if it's like my Louisiana luck or whatever, but like I have literally like walked in someone's footprints and I will take a step and all of a sudden like my one leg is up to my knee or higher in snow because I hit an air pocket and just punched through. Um, yeah. So... It's wow. you never quite know what you're going to get into on your way to work. And you're a one minute walk. You right. Don't know what yeah. you're going to get into. <laughs> it's it's an adventure to walk one minute to your, mm -hmm. to your school. It takes in the winter. It takes me longer to put on all of my winter gear than it does to actually walk to school. Mm. So you can't just throw on some Crocs and just run to school oh, real quick mm, and, and nope. be cool. You have to have snow boots. Um, we have the ice problem that Elena has. So I usually in the winter, I just keep cleats on so that I don't um, right in front of the stairs. I have fallen so many times just because you step on a hidden patch of ice. So yeah. I've just, I've learned to keep them on. Well, well tell me about your, your, your teacher role there at the school. I know you said you work with adults as well. What, what you're working on? There? Um, so I'm an elementary teacher. The school is a K through 12. And this year we also added a pre-K. So technically we're pre-K to 12. Um, we've got between 450 and 500 students. We are, we're definitely a large village, um, but we are still considered an isolated place. Um, so I work with third grade and I've got about 20 kids. 
They are, all of our kids are Yupik Eskimo, Native Alaskan. Um, so they, it's not to the extent that Elena has with her Russian speaking students, but they are dual language. Um, so they actually, uh, in kindergarten and first grade, kids have the option to do Yupik immersion where they would spend the whole day learning in their actual native language. And then in second grade, um, it jumps to an English day with Yupik elective. Um, so we teach all subjects. We do reading interventions. Um, this year we haven't been able to because of the pandemic, but normally they get PE and computer lab every day, um, which I'm responsible for teaching both of those. So there are no, like back in Louisiana, I would give them to the PE teacher and then do something. <laughs> Here I am the PE teacher. So that was a bit of an adjustment. Um, I kind of laughed. I, um, I'm still friends with some of my college professors. And I was like, you remember how I was like, I don't understand why I'm taking this PE instruction class because I don't have to teach PE? Well, the joke's on me because now <laughs> I'm definitely. So um, for any pre-service teachers listening, don't ever think that you won't need it because apparently you will. Um, so Brit Brittany, I have a question. How do you work your prep into your day? Mm. It's a great question. So our prep is a district-wide prep. Teachers come in at 8, and from about 8 to 8.45 is our prep time. And then mm -hmm. kids start coming in at 8.45. Um, mm -hmm. So everyone from every grade level has the exact same prep time across the whole district. Like, what, what's your, your situation, like, with community support? Uh, that's always uh, an issue with, you know, all 48 as well. Um, what are, you know, parents and community, what's their like involvement with a student at your school? There's definitely community support for education. Um, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. There's especially because there's a push for like, if the power goes out here and it's not something that one of our local guys can fix, we have to wait for the state to send out a lineman which could be 24 hours. One time it took them over a week to get a guy out here. Mm. So there's a push for the kids to have stronger literacy and math skills so that they can go do like trade school and come back to the village to kind of improve on the little infrastructure that we have. Mm -hmm. So they see that as full circle. They see, you know, education being a, a crucial part to getting their kids back and helping their, their people. Right. I would like to know what's what's your biggest struggle right now as as you're trying to make education happen in 2021 looks which is looking kind of similar to 2020 even though we thought it would be different. So learning online is not possible. Like doing those cool um you know having the whole like Zoom class and all that we we don't do that. So um you know that's the hard thing for me. It's like you sent homework and then you don't have any way to like find out, did that happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> did, did anything yep. cross that, that barrier, the brain barrier? Um, do you need something more challenging? Do you need something scaled back a tiny bit? Like I can't, it's so hard to gauge mm. um, without seeing the faces and. Um, you miss the faces, oh. don't you? You miss them. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't have, I used to always have like a, 
they were my audience and they couldn't leave. Like, what do we call that when you have an audience? <laughs> a a built, you have a built-in audience. Yes. Now I have, I have no audience. And she's, no one to tell bad jokes to. Except for Buff Nuggets podcast. I mean, this is your life. This, this is my life now. Thank you, Brian. If it wasn't for you, I don't know. So, yeah, no, that's the hardest part. It's like we make these packets. People come and pick them up. Or they don't. And then we just kind of have to hope for the best. Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that part has been really challenging. But see, we, because I think Brittany probably has the same kind of situation. Like when, when you're living in a village, other things have equal importance as school. You know, like yeah. chicken, chicken butchering day. Or, mm. um, you know, there's just wedding season. It's a big deal. People get, what you. there's only so many days a year. People can get married. It's a week-long thing. All the families are involved. You know, there's just traditional things that happen that are equal to school. And so, you know, the moms are trying their best. It's kind of 1950s down here. Like mm -hmm. the moms are home with the yeah. kids. The families are huge, mostly. Um, and the dads are fishing and yep. working. And so, you know, you can only ask a mom to do so much. Like... She's got four kids in class. You send home a packet and they're just like, oh, <laughs> we have to go to town. We have to prepare these things. I've got these dresses to sew or whatever, you know. Um, and that same struggle, Elena, you're, that same struggle, that parent guardian struggle is is shared. I want you to know that is shared across uh, the country. Oh, um, yes. And it's not, you know, it's probably not fishing as much, uh, especially in the interior, but um, I just remember, I, I remember when, when the pandemic first hit last March, I think the expectations on parents was very, very high. And it, it, yeah. it became clear that it, it was not doable. Um, yeah. And so we have to, you know, have to show grace. We're showing grace to parents and a lot of grace to students and teachers as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that it's, um, yeah. So I think I know for sure that a lot of my kids, they're not doing the work because they're helping dad fish. They're helping mom cook. Mm -hmm. They're, they've got these other things going on. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't be flip gridding on chicken butchering day. You yeah. know, we're not, I don't want to see that. That's I'm okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, Brittany, what about you? What's, you know, I'm, I'm, I know you probably share some, some ideas with Elena as well, but uh, what's like one of your, your big struggles right now as you're trying to get through this pandemic? Um, for us, it's twofold. Um, our parents are especially exhausted because last spring, so on New Year's Day 2020, um, I was actually getting ready to fly back. I was visiting my family for Christmas, so I was getting ready to fly back. Um, and I got a call that a window blew open the water pipes froze and exploded and the entire school flooded. So we were actually closed for the entire month of January last year. And then we got back to school for about four and a half weeks. And then on March 13th, they shut down schools. Um, so our kids, we already felt like they've already missed a month of school that other kids didn't miss. So they were already you know, kind of at a disadvantage. And then for us, 
we have the same, really the school is the only place with decent internet. And some days it feels kind of like a throwback to the nineties when I had to like make sure no one was on the phone and I had to listen for the dial up signal. I mean, like some days you can't do, like I wouldn't be able to do this um, some days. Mm. So the kids don't have internet, but the district decided that everybody was going to get a Chromebook and that since you could use Google apps, some of the Google suite stuff offline, that we would do that. Okay. Well, I had to, I spent like three days training the entire staff on how to create stuff, what you could and couldn't do, how to make sure it's offline, but our kids never got that training. So we just kind of sent home these Chromebooks, which they'd never seen before. And then like when you tell someone, well, you don't have internet, but go to Google, um, people were very confused and it was very hard for kids to, you know, especially with my little ones, they hit a button and everything disappears and I'm not there to fix it. Um, yeah, so we've gone that's a struggle. That's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. We've, we switched to the paper packets since we returned from Christmas, but it's the same issue. Like I send the packet home and just kind of hope for the best. Like yeah. we call our families, but I don't necessarily call families of kids that I teach. So mm -hmm. like I'll ask somebody, oh, are, are the kids doing okay? Are they struggling with their schoolwork? And unless the parents say, yeah, we need help, they don't like the teacher doesn't talk to the kid necessarily. So mm -hmm. very much, it's not a great way to educate children, but it's all that we kind of have out here right now. That's, that is that is correct. A lot of people are down right now. This is uh, this is a tough time, especially for educators. Because educators, by default, want to do awesome. Um, you didn't, they didn't like get in this field to to not do great, um, and to have this this feeling of of students not get not learning and all that's just it's hard. Um, and so, you know, again, I feel like everybody listening right here, like this is an the most abnormal time probably of your life, of your generation. Um, and I just, I just applaud Brittany and Elena for just making the best. Um, you know, people in the lower 48 with our Starbucks have lots to complain about, but it's, it's just different in comparison. You know, I think I read an article the other day about um, some research study about kids, not um, however many percentage of kids who haven't, really had good uh, learning or ability to learn since March. And I was, it was like, it was such a downer, but it was also really positive to hear that. Like, oh my gosh, it's not just us. Mm -hmm. Like we're, yeah, like this has been super hard. And I, I think, I just think that the more we validate each other and say, oh my gosh, this hasn't just been hard for us out in the village. like. It's been hard for people in the big cities, too. Like, we're all kind of going through this unusually awful time. Well, this is kind of like the whole Instagram thing. You know, I know we, we kind of know each other through Instagram, both of you. But, you know, Instagram is a highlight of, of, of people's days. You know, it is the best. And it's got to be painful to I'm just I'm just like theoretically saying it's got to be painful to go see people out there having some success like you know, all the time. But really, the fact is, they're just showing you that very specific time they had success. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, you are right. I mean, I think validation 
uh, and com community is really the word. And I hope you guys are really uh, relying on each other. And, um, and I know the audience who's listening to both of you right now um, will be validated too. To say, you know what, some of these struggles, they, they're the same, really. They, um, they, just look, they just look different in lower 48. Exactly. So, like I walked to school the other day and there were coyote tracks all around my, in the snow around my building. <laughs> and I was like, okay, these coyotes never hung around when children were out running around. Because they were so loud. They scared them away. Like this is a problem. We need the children back in school to keep the coyotes out of the village. Yep. Someone get down there and help Elena with her pest control. She's got. I've got a problem. She's got I need some serious problems. To help me with my problem. I'm done talking about struggles. I want to talk about innovation because this right here, this is the year of innovation and imagination. We have teachers like doing supernatural things um, that you know Marvel may not say it's supernatural, but to me and lots of other parents and students, we think it's amazing. So I want to talk about what is something you have done this year that's much different, maybe you've ever done before. You had to innovate. You had to imaginate uh, for the sake of education. Uh, Elena, you want to start that one? <laughs> well, besides going around from house to house with helium balloons and a golden microphone, um, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> well, I did a... Um, Donors choose where I got an enormous tent and I had set up an outdoor classroom. And I think other teachers have done this. Um, I got an old screen, you know, the kind that you pull down the silver screen and a projection camera. And we could create films. We could watch mystery science and we would sit outside and project onto the wall of the, you know, building. And it was a really good way for us all to be together during that. Um, stay six feet apart. Outside's best. You know that weird time. Okay, so learning. Elena, you get a digital high five for me right now because what you just said is not like you know Elon Musk isn't like ever going to retweet the awesome thing that you just did. Okay, because yeah. it's not like it's not like a Tesla. But what you did is truly innovative and it matches what your environment needed at that time um yeah i never thought in my life that teachers be, would be putting up tents out by the school so they can have class and uh, again digital hand clap elena that is innovation and by the way innovation doesn't have to be with tech it could be it could be with it could be without tech really there's a lot of ways to do that and it yeah tackling the problems with creativity instead of you know, it's going at everything with yes, and then fixing the problems as they pop up instead of, ah, oh, no, it won't work. Yeah, oh, I, I know those people. Y'all know those people. They just kind of like give up on the first try. No, not you, not Brittany. Brittany, what is something you, you have had to change up a little bit to uh, to meet the needs of your, your learners? Um, well, we've been doing weekly um, food distribution. So because of the village situation, um, there's a lot of students that really depend on being able to come to school for breakfast and lunch. Um, so we knew immediately when school closed, we had to figure out a way that kids could still get food. Um, so we started off, we actually had our cafeteria staff still coming in and still making lunch every day. 
And then we were putting it, we don't have like to go containers and stuff, but we had a ton of aluminum foil and like paper plates. So we were literally plating food, wrapping it in aluminum foil and meeting kids at the door and just handing them plates that they would walk home with. Um, then we were told we can't do that because of social distancing. So we literally just started boxing up cafeteria food and having parents pick it up so that they could cook with it at home. You know, that, that's right there. So, you know, y'all know, if you're listening, like Brian loves talking about innovation and technology and those kind of things, but we're talking about physical needs here. Like that other stuff that, you know, gets me going doesn't even matter. If, if we're not getting the kids fed and, you know, Elena's making sure they got a safe place outside to learn, you know, so you, you guys are truly innovating. You're truly reimagining how things, even though we would like to reimagine things back to 2019, you know, y'all remember 2019? Yeah. Let's, let's so party August 2019. So yes, you guys are innovating. Thank you so much for sharing those experiences with me. I, I kind of want to close up just a few small things here. Um, and I'm going to put your information in the show notes and your maybe Instagram handles. So some of the listeners can, can choose to follow you if you, if you guys will, if they don't, if they're not too creepy, you guys can accept them, I guess, if anybody wants to follow you guys. I didn't know this. What's the difference between teaching in a rural place and teaching in the bush? So I go home every night. Yeah. <laughs> That's you rural. Do. I go yeah. to a town that has a grocery store. Okay. And I can drive to the airport in Anchorage. Like, I, I'm rural. You're rural. Okay. So, Brittany, what, what, what's your definition? What do you think? Um... So she's rural because she can still, there are some road connections. I'm bush. Um, you have to take, I have to take two planes to get to Anchorage, to the city. Um, one of those planes is about the size of like an SUV. And the other one is like a small regional jet that can hold like 50 people, I think. Um, here in Alaska, they... Um, they classify it as on the road and off the road. Um, so there's like schools that are on the road system, which means that like mm -hmm. you can drive, there's road connections. And then um, mm -hmm. most of Alaska is off the road because um, like we don't even have where I'm at. Sometimes like in the far north, they have ice roads where they can still get like an 18 wheeler of supplies out in the dead of winter. We don't have that. Like, it's completely about plane or boat. Nothing mm -hmm. comes in. In the summer, we get a couple of barges, but if it can't fly on a plane, it's not getting to you. Like, even uh, like whole stupid stuff. Like I can't order nail polish and get it shipped to me because it's considered hazmat. So, so don't look at her nails, everybody. <laughs> Whenever she you know, posts things online, yeah. <laughs> she's got some shabby nails. Just look away. Yeah. Look away. I think we got some people out there. There's many people who are listening. They're like, well, Brian, I need a change of pace. I'm telling you, go teach in rural slash bush Alaska. Uh, that'll be a change of pace you will never forget. And um, there's much work to be done. I've been there. I've got to travel there a few times to work with educators. And, of course, I'd love to see uh, Brittany and Elena face, in a face-to-face -face training as soon as possible. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, hey, let's close out with this. This is the last one. Um, if I were to visit each one of you, so let's start with Brittany on this. Uh, what would be a unique experience that I could take away if I came to visit you, Brittany, and then we'll go to Elena next. Um, definitely the traditional foods. Um, since I've been here, I have eaten beluga whale. 
uh, which mm-hmm. everyone laughs at me because I'm like, it was delicious. And I hate that it was delicious because you look at them and they're so cute and you hear about how smart they are. And I was like, I wanted it to taste bad so that I like didn't feel bad about it, but it was so good. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. Um, but I've had different kinds of whale. I've had seal, um, walrus. I've had sea anemone. Um, so it's definitely one of those, like, if you're willing to come with an open mind and be like, I'll try anything once, um, you'll have stories that no one will believe. Well, I'm telling you, I'm there and I will straight up go to a beluga fish fry with you and your friends. Um, and it sounds like a great time to me. Um, but everybody, Brittany loves beluga. That's going to be my next t-shirt. I'll make, I'll make sure I send that to you. And then Elena, what would be a, a unique experience that I could take away maybe visiting where you're at? Oh, I just think coming to school, walking <laughs> that's, down right. that's, back, that's for sure. Walking through the village, um, hanging out with my small people cause they would love to meet you. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a, just that walking down the beach, going to school, it's so invigorating and you just feel so grateful and thankful. And you know, it's just such a spiritual situation. I, I think, I think that is, yeah. And then we'd feed you a bunch of Russian food and you just love it and it would be great. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm there too. I'll tell you, what, I'd love to meet your littles. That'd be fun. Oh my gosh. That's um, hilarious. And I, and I don't know if y'all picked up on this. Closing words are this. Uh, Brittany and Elena are doing the work. They are doing amazing things in Alaska. Uh, this was not, they didn't get on this show and complain about a bunch of stuff. That would be easy. That'd be easy. They came here to have fun with me on Buff Nuggets, uh, talk about some innovation, talking about some just real life issues happening uh, in their place, but uh, really just making light of a, a really tough situation because so, sometimes we got to, we got to laugh a little bit uh, to really, to, to really get through this. Uh, but while not ignoring the big problems, we do, we do need to fix some things, but Hey, both of you, Brittany, Elena, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh Absolutely. no, thank you. This has been super fun. All right. Now that was a great episode and I can pretty much guarantee you've never listened to a podcast where you learn about a teacher who has to dodge a moose on her way to teach, as well as a teacher who who enjoys perhaps a little fried beluga for dinner. Um, Brittany and Elena were wonderful guests. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Uh, Speaking of Alaska, just last week I was uh, a featured speaker in their technology or statewide technology conference called ASTI, and it was an amazing time. I got to make a lot of new friends, um, and I just really enjoy spending time in Alaska. It's a beautiful state and beautiful, wonderful people. Um, I look forward to seeing them again in person, face-to-face, as soon as possible. So, hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this mega episode of Buff Nuggets. It's 20-piece. I can't wait to talk to you later.